welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And we're back for part four of our run through the t first season of the show Prodigal Son. There is a second season. We are going to be covering it too. Uh, I'm like, can you imagine how bad that season finale would have to be for us to not keep watching this show? Yeah. It's hard to wrap your head around, like how bad it would have to be. And considering as the showrunners wrote it. Oh yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, I, I don't, I do not anticipate that becoming an issue at all. <laughs> no. uh, but yes, we are here to talk four, sorry, three episodes of television. Uh, it's going to be a blast considering the plot of those episodes of television. So let's start off with episode 10. Silent Night. Ooh. All right. Do you have a synopsis there? Oh, knowing that the junkyard killer operated with his father, Malcolm, defies the FBI and continues his investigation. There you go. Although um, they did, in that synopsis, that's a perfectly good uh, thing. But I will say, Malcolm, for once, does not knowingly, uh, like, does not set no. out no. to <laughs> violate the FBI's pr uh, preferences. It's just the case he's working on, coincidentally... <laughs> turns out to be, <laughs> to be involved in the junkyard killer case turns out the junkyard killer did it and i mean he enjoys finding the loophole but he didn't start out intending to betray their orders which i really liked yeah yeah it was so just that, a complete accident oh yeah totally yeah. i was very happy about that all right so let's get to it uh it's it's who boy it's a fun one. Uh, so we start off with a uh, a guy getting we a guy has been murdered in a hotel room with a prostitute, right? Who uh, uh, and we find out, of course, later that the guy was gay, and they unfortunately <laughs> did not know that at the time. Kind of weird that he was able to become the chief of detectives without anybody but his partner figuring that out. Uh, but what the hell? <laughs> I'm not going to Well, no, it. no, it's it's it apparently no, no. Later on, they do say in that in the same episode, right? When when his partner um right, uh says that yeah, when Malcolm goes back and talks to Gill and that that Turner was the chief of detectives was gay, um Gill did talk to people and say yeah it turns out it was like an open secret so yeah obviously there wasn't a a, a big problem because there, he right. kept to himself mm -hmm. he never had a partner yeah. he never came out he was he not radical he never made a fuss yeah. so it didn't actually cause him problem on the job i don't know if yeah. that's plausible but you're right that the show does explain it well i don't know in sault saint marie yeah, but Sault Ste. Marie, you know, New <laughs> well, York. You know, for years and years, no, no, but for years and years and years and years and years, you know, if you really talked, yes, there are always people who didn't like them and had names for them, but basically it was don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. That, that was all it was. By. Yeah. Because, you like, know, there are lots really of people. Nobody really wants to know. Yeah. Nobody wants to know. So if we don't ask and they don't tell, yeah, nobody's got an issue. We just ignore. Nobody's yeah. got an issue. That's true. And it, uh, you're right. It is plausible that it could have been that way. I think the NYPD is a little worse than that. But you know what? We're going to let the show have this one. I'm just going to be completely Yes, fine stop it. it. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm not stopping it. Uh, the, <laughs> 100%. Uh, one dis minor disappointment I have. Um, I thought there was going to, like... And I'm not I'm not angry that they rushed through this plot because it is a very exciting two episodes of television. But yeah, my assumption was they were gonna spin this out a little longer. Yeah, I I knew when I went and looked at who the junkyard killer was. Yeah. And I noticed that he had only he only appeared in three episodes. So I'm uh, going Oh, okay. Uh, we're wrapping okay. this bad boy up right now. And they're wrapping it up Whereas right I away. Never, uh, I did recognize his voice. I was right about that. It's Michael Raymond James from yep. uh, Terriers, the first season of True Blood, a ton of television. But of course, most importantly, he was in the best movie ever made, Jack Reacher. Yes, he uh, was in Jack Reacher. Doesn't have a big part in Jack Reacher, no. but he was in Jack Reacher. And uh, that's kind of a big deal because 
Not a lot of movies out there better than Jack Reacher. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's on my... Right, right now, my PVR is loading itself up with Tom Cruise movies. There you go. Slowly but surely. We're going to get them all, because that's the whole point. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, it's Michael Raymond James. And so we get this... Uh, we get a fun story where a they come and they find... They check with the ex-partner, right, whose mm-hmm. life was destroyed... And we find out that the ex-partner of the the dead chief of detectives, who's now, you know, a drunk who quit the force, uh, we find out that he was, he has a massive grudge against Gil because yeah. he and his partner were the ones working on the surgeon case. Mm-hmm. And Gil, while they had spent, you know, years working on the surgeon case, Gil just randomly opened a door on a, a call <laughs> and caught the guy. Yeah. yeah, I understand why they're a little ticked off. I and then moved up the chain. <laughs> very quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very, very quickly indeed. And so they go and they talk to him because they think, oh, well, this guy's got a grudge against his former partner. Maybe he could be the killer. It's not an unreasonable thing. And if he can't, and if he isn't the killer, he might know who the killer is. Right. Yeah. And of course, uh, we do get a lead. We figure out that, oh, my God, this is probably about the junkyard uh the uh the junkyard killer because and this is the part i really enjoyed you know uh it turns out they have the the nice reveal that the chief of detectives had started his own evidence wall and was looking at the case again because it turns out that while everybody was happy to just give the kid a pass as much as possible the lead detective on the case was like to an almost unrealistic degree sure that malcolm was in on it was was involved somehow. Yeah, it was involved somehow. Or knew know, actually knew more he than he's saying. Yes, knew more than he was saying. Which the weird part is, isn't I mean, he did technically know what he was more than he was saying, but he didn't have access to any of that because he'd been drugged over and over and over again. Yeah, and I think and that's the only thing, thing. Uh, the funny thing is, is that in all likelihood, this cop actually did believe he saw a dead body. Oh yeah. I mean, That's it doesn't come part. up in here, but I'm going. I'll bet you that cop believes that he believes saw that a, there dead was a dead body. body. A dead body in the yeah. No, totally. I hadn't thought but, about that, but you're, you're yeah, totally right. Yeah, and I suspect Malcolm was. The problem is, is, is they were, as we will find out in the next episode. Mm-hmm. But I won't. We won't go there yet. Yeah. But um, Malcolm was very young, and yeah. they had been drugging him. Hmm right the whole time so all of the things that he would have remembered and which is why his um night terrors are so weird in some ways is because everything that he does see and does remember is through the haze of this chloroform right the fact that he was never like conscious for very long whenever he found out something about this yeah yeah and, um, you know, but they were taking him to the, the cottage, so. Yeah, and we'll get into that in the second episode. But Yeah, boy. even more. But, you know, I mean, this is, this was, no, I, I, to me, the most interesting part was Malcolm, you know, was when the cop goes to confront him. Yeah. And then he just says, yes, I do know more, but I don't remember anything because they drugged me. That was a very nice scene because he's like, yeah, I'll be completely open. And he gives this cop complete vindication. Yeah. He said, yeah, you were right. I do, you know. And then the cop says, well, and then he, you know, and then they go to the storage unit. Yeah, and, then and they, they find, find all, the all this stuff, and the and the cop says, "Well, I mean, we had a list of sub suspects." And Malcolm's going, "Say what?" Yeah, we had a long <laughs> right? list of suspects, and so yeah. they cross reference the two lists of suspects and come up with the same name. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing because it's yeah. it's a really good idea uh, because they they had a list of suspects, and so it had to be. And since we know the um, the junkyard killer had been helping. Dr. Yeah, I want to say Dr. Dr. Whitley. Dr. Whitley had been helping Dr. Whitley. Well, he had to have been uh, the kind of person they would have suspected to be a serial killer. And he had to be available at those times. And and available to Dr. Whitley. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So he had to be someone, the first group of cops 
they thought maybe if there's some of the first group of cops suspected uh, suspected who was also on the list of people who worked at that hospital with Dr. Whitley, well, then they've got a really good lead and they come up with, you know, a very good name and they go to check him out. And then we have an unbelievably creepy scene. Oh, who <laughs> boy. Uh, and like, if there's, if there's one thing this scene does, it's like just a complete, uh, and I mean, I know the show's writing it, so maybe their vindication doesn't matter, but it's like the whole scene is structured as a complete vindication of, um, all of Malcolm's theories about where serial killers, killers come from. Come from yeah. Cause because... oh boy, did this kid not have a chance. No. And in this episode, right. Yeah. In this episode, this is where, of course, he, Malcolm, and the FBI agent, yeah, right, Colette Swanson is right. what her name is in the show, gotcha. right, have this confrontation about serial killers yeah. being born or made, mm -hmm. right? And I thought, yes, the show is still holding, holding true. Holding <laughs> fast to its main premise. Yeah, and yes. I really like that because... I don't think there's a lot of support for the position that they are born. I mean, again, there are people who can have the kind of brain injuries that leave them yeah. to lack empathy and lack of uh, control over violent urges, but that is a very small minority of the number of serial killers out there. The majority of the people are people like this guy who gets... Oh, and it's like it's, it's and a textbook it's and he literally says Said it's that. a textbook thing he says that in the second episode <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but it was you know i mean you just you just look at this in this and then it turns out right yeah Ooh. that the woman is the creepy old lady is 100 percent in on it in on it the creepy yeah. old grandmother yeah, the grandmother who raised him is 100% in on the crimes and completely down for what he's doing. So the cop gets his throat slashed. The non-Malcolm cop gets his throat slashed. And we're like, yeah. whew, damn. That, that escalated quickly. And Malcolm gets kidnapped. And Malcolm gets kidnapped. And that moves us into episode two alone time yeah but, i will say one thing i will say no one let's thing. go back because we need to know. do the ainsley and jessica of course we do consistent uh, because all of these things like there's like these separate things going on yeah they're all interrelated but they're still the separate things going on yeah at the same time uh rebecca uh, has got taken onto herself to have a uh giant media like she's going to use the media in her favor because they won't leave her house right uh they won't jessica leave her house. They, jessica her I, can't, I can't believe i said rebecca thank you uh jessica right she won't you know they won't leave her house so she's like fine i'll use it to my benefit and she yeah. puts out a giant you know warning uh giant beacon and says i will offer a million dollar reward for any evidence to towards identifying this girl and catching this guy yeah and yeah. shows the because of course she's managed to take a picture of the bracelet she, of the bracelet from yeah the bills that uh yeah from his... that that the junkyard killer had given to malcolm yes exactly right and um yeah i mean but i think the most interesting part is is that she confronts ainsley about her ambition yeah and that's and she's not wrong because oh my god the fact that like when ainsley <laughs> sees that she's giving a press conference and her first reaction is to be pissed that she didn't get an exclusive yeah damn your boyfriend was right about you <laughs> like, i'm fine with ambition but jesus this is yeah. going a bit far well yeah the 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 jessica's thing comes after the original confrontation and then there's yeah. the second confrontation exactly right? And yeah. it's, um, and then, you know. Well, no, but I mean, the, her, honestly, her uh, doing it with all, just all the people out of her side, instead of her daughter, a reporter in New York, honestly mm -hmm. seems like a direct outgrowth of their first confrontation. And yeah, her, oh yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is, yeah. because that, that gets her to think about yeah. something, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and then of course, yeah, and she's calling, and then she calls her daughter because you know, and she's calling her daughter because Malcolm has been is missing. Yeah. Exactly. Now we know he's been kidnapped by the junkyard killer, but, but you they, know, they nobody don't. Nobody else know. does at the time. Yeah, and um, Malcolm hasn't checked in with anybody mm-hmm. for twelve hours, and they're very worried. You As know, well, they and, should be, and that leads, of course, to getting Whitley out. I will say this though: uh, I a, will say one solitary. thing uh, that I really enjoyed is yeah. that for once in his life, Malcolm did have backup. Yes, like he and the detective did go together. He didn't yeah. just wander off on his own. Well, no, because he got the clue, and then he was, you know, I mean, he was really excited to, to sh- he was willing to share it with. Oh, it. Like he's he's yeah. not a he's not. A solitary person than that he just can't have relationships yeah. so i like like it it's it's interesting watching his character but we'll we'll get to it when we get to the last episode exactly. we'll talk more about that but i think that you know this show is managing to very quickly define all of these people oh completely and who they are and their mixed emotions um their mixed Oh, I mean, Ainsley clearly, yeah, uh, is, is, it's, it's a problem. I mean, you know, she's, she's going to do irrational things, you know, Mm -hmm. um, uh, it, it, but right. Yeah. So, um, it, 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 it was like, I really liked that episode. It's a very good episode. No, I was 100% down with the plot of this episode. Yeah. The whole episode was really good. Yes. You know, including, you know, the FBI agent and, and, you know, and her talking to Danny, you know, and what her hate on is with Malcolm, I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out more. It's not like that's the last time we're going to see that character. No, I would would think not. It it would be a real oversight if it was, because we barely get anything with that character. Yeah, well, the thing like is, is that, scenes. I mean, what I could do is go on IMDb and see no, how many episodes she was no. in. <laughs> it's supposed to be But surprised. I'm not going to. All right, yeah. I know, I'm not going to. But the Junkyard Killer, I, I you know. You I did to. happen to check. No, I know. How well, I checked because I wanted to know other things he had done. Yeah. For okay. sure, you know, but and yeah. then I'm going, oh, yeah, okay, I'm right. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it is. Um, it was a really good, solid episode. Very strong episode. Very creepy. They had, you know, a, a creepy surprise murder. Like it was very well done. And yeah. Like oh, the, by the way, when the cop uh, just did shows the, up with his throat slit. Yeah. Did the, the junkyard the killer? The junkyard killer did kill kill oh, him. Yeah. Hey? Oh, yeah. And no, he was in that. And she was just collateral damage. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because that was an interesting scene to, as well. Mm-hmm. You know. Which is why would I kill him if I wanted to compromise him? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, his—I mean—he was so so deeply in the co- closet that it did not escape to the <clears throat> underworld either. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Right, yeah, and because... that's why he was so solitary. Yeah, and no, and that's what we learned from the madam that it's like no, yeah. I mean, no one even knew he was gay. And yeah. so her plan was to, uh, to yeah, get blackmail information. Trap him, using one yeah. Of his, uh, using one of her girls. Yeah. And she's the one who ends up getting killed by the junkyard killer because she happens to be with him when he was alone. The junkyard killer was just following him and killed him when he was alone. And, well, he thought he, she was alone and she yeah. just happened to be there. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, yeah, it, it all tracks. And that's the thing. Like, it all yeah. fits logically once you have the pieces. Like, some crazy stuff seems like it's happening, but once you know what was going on, like every part of it makes perfect sense. Yeah, and they do manage to give you that every part of it. Oh, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, so yeah, very, very happy with how that one, uh, how that one resolved. All right, so let's get into the second episode, oh, Alone Time. Oh is... my! Another really good, really rough episode of the show. Oh my! Yep. God. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! From beginning to end. Yep. It was and, fantastic. <laughs> you don't even know where to start. <laughs> Big revelations this week. 
very big revelations this yep. week. Uh, frustratingly, and I know that this is just what the show is, and we're going to have to wait till the end of the year, if then, we do not get a straight answer about who the girl was or what happened to it, because the junkyard killer wants to focus on the much bigger issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, what I described this show to myself as? What's that? When I'm reading a book, yeah. and I desperately want to know how it ends... Yes. And I can't go to the end. I just can't. <laughs> I, I, I go, no, I'm going to read this through. We've got to see the setup. But my Lord, there aren't too many books like that. But this TV show is managing to do the same thing that a really solid book does. Yeah, where you just want to rush to the last chapter and find out how this, like, find out all of the solutions and what happens. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm right there with you. That's exactly <laughs> no. how I'm feeling about the show. Oh, my. It's just like... So, yeah, Ed, the big reveal. So he goes, they talk about, I mean, Malcolm tries to talk him down with the fact that, you know, he knows, as he says, you are the textbook serial killer. You were raised by religious fanatics who taught you that, you know, everybody was sinful and you were viciously abused by them. And you directed your, and you became, you know, and in the need to get that anger out, you became like a weapon in their war against sin. Like, it's uh, 100%. He lays it all out perfectly. But the problem is, this isn't a setting where a guy can be turned around. You're not going to talk this guy down in this situation. No, uh, not and, at all. But we find out that his message is, he wants to finish the doctor's work, Dr. Whitley's work, yeah. and either kill Mal- uh, Malcolm or get him to embrace being a serial killer. Yeah, he wants, yes, he wants Malcolm. He wants to put Malcolm through the training regimen that the doctor put him through. Yep. Which, oh, boy. Jeez. Okay, that was bad enough. I know. That was bad enough. (laughs) Yeah, before we found out that an integral part of this plan was getting rid of his entire family so he has no one left to... uh, like no human connection left that would that, that might stop him from embracing being a serial killer. Whew. I did not see that coming. No, I didn't. Like not I knew see that the coming. weird part is the whole episode, I knew for two reasons that they weren't in the cabin, right? One, uh I've been in plenty of cabins. None of them have concrete basements like that. No, that's right. Like none of them yeah. have these great big vaulted ceiling concrete basement. Because we already knew he hung out in the sewers uh, from the previous episode, I 100% knew that he uh, was somewhere in the sewers. What I didn't realize was that there was a secret passage in their old house down into the sewers. And that's how, like, the girl got moved in and out. Because you're like, how did he get a girl? And I guess it's something I didn't think about at all. Right? But no, we haven't. you can actually figure out why they were a little skeptical about how he got the girl in there without anybody seeing her. Mm-hmm. Because it's actually a pretty good question how he did that. Because it's not that easy to get a body in and out of a place in, you know, I don't know what village they're in, like what part of New York they're in, but it's the rich part. It's, as we learn from this, one of the oldest parts of New York because they live yeah. in a 300-year-old house. Yeah, and those houses always had these weird spaces. Oh yeah, all these all these old houses, and and it, it, those of you who watch Pendergast, read Pendergast, know all about one the of the oldest underground of New York. Yeah, one yeah. of the oldest houses, you know. And then of course when they had the old train lines and tram lines and stuff, and those yeah. cross, there could be weird still tunnels. used, like, like weird tunnels under tunnels New York, under New York that aren't yeah. used anymore. Like no, and they just seal them up, right? But... Well, are you ready for a fun fact about the show Hannibal? What? All right, so they, they went out of their way to try and figure out, okay, well, how, like, because he's always just appearing places, right? And so it's like, but how is this justified? And so they did a huge amount of research into all of the ancient tunnels that were left under Washington, D.C., right? Because, again, it's a really old city that was built the same way, piecemeal, and there's all these old sewer tunnels that aren't used anymore. 
and uh, there's all of these un like underground passages and they're like okay so that's how hannibal's getting around everyone just appearing places and then they like they were gonna shoot scenes of him doing that and they're like you know what maybe we don't have to explain this maybe hannibal's just magic you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And and the weird part is, it's one of those times when they realize that it's like, I mean, come on, we're making a show about the devil here. You don't have to explain how the devil shows up somewhere. He's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's is funny. why, yeah. Oh, no, but I mean, that's, that's Hannibal yeah. for you. It's like, it's a show that, it's like, it is never going to get a question of realism get in the way of something it wants to do stylistically. Whereas yeah. this show is a much more grounded in reality show that wants to explain everything. And that's why we get the speech about the 300-year-old house that she doesn't want to leave. Because yeah. we get the very reasonable statement that, you know, you could just go to the plaza until this all blows over. Yeah. And, she, and by the way, she should have. Yes. Well, like, yes. Obviously, she should have. It was but a very being in a hotel does, you know, being in a hotel isn't going to stop this guy from. No, from coming to kill you. Absolutely, he had killed the chief of detectives in a hotel. I will say one thing: we were talking last week about how I thought he would have to be a doctor or a cop to ambush those uh, cops so easily, and then now we just want to. I guess the show just wants to accept us to accept that. I guess he's just really good at that. Because I found it kind of preposterous that guys on sentry duty would be so easy to kill. But you know what? We're just going to let them go with that. Because well, I saw we, what we're Michael Lynn and James that... look like in the show. And ain't nobody not being alarmed when that guy walks up to them. Well, yeah. And and when he walks into a, a highfalutin hotel. Yeah. No, exactly. He would be. You know, I mean, the, the, that was the one thing. It didn't episode. bother me the last time before before we saw what he looked like. But now that you think, but now, now that you, that you see him, like, you're, you're like, going, how, how, how are people not remembering this guy? Yeah. He's got a foot of beard. He, yes. However, we're going to have like to a let, mounted man. yeah, we're going to have to let, yeah, no, that's exactly what he looks like. Yeah. It looks like he belongs living in that cottage. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, we're, we're going to have to just, this is going to be one of those things that we just give them. Even though yeah. it's preposterous, we're just going to have yeah. to give them this one that, like, yeah. somehow miraculously, nobody remembers seeing this hobo walking around a nice hotel. <laughs> we're with just going to give him station that wagon. One. Yeah, yeah, with, yes, with driving his old station wagon around, uh, yeah, the city. All right, but anyway, it's it's still a really good episode. Like, I don't want our no. comments about that one aspect of it. To like in any way make it seem like we don't think this is an incredible episode of television. Because when you're watching it, if you're not watching it to talk about it, you don't even really think about it. Yeah. Right? Because, well, what the hell? Um, it, because it was just too tense. I, the yeah. whole thing. And when when Ainsley finds the looks at the picture of the angels. Yep. And freaks out. I know. And you're trying to figure out what is she freaking out about, right? Yeah. And it turns out she's met him. Yep. All plenty of time. She had an imaginary friend Mr. who would come Boots. into the house. Yes. Mr. Boots would come into the house. And she said, well, what, you know, then her mother says, the sense, why didn't you tell me you were talking to a strange man? Well, I, I thought he was, was an, real. Yeah. I no, thought I thought he was an angel because he just disappeared. disappeared. And they were like, boom, there's a secret passageway. Yeah. And... They just opened it up to get him back into their lives. Yep. No, and it's, again, it's a really interesting thing because that scene, again, it's the layers this show is working on and the fact that they're doing a really good job of thinking about this stuff. But literally, like figuratively, him breaking down that wall, right, was uh, it into Malcolm's office, sorry, into Malcolm breaking down the wall into Dr. Whitley's office, right? Was figuratively letting him back into their lives. It was like opening a door to Dr. Whitley and his evil back into their lives. And then the joke is, no, you were literally opening a door, letting Dr. Whitley's partner back into your lives. Yeah, because, but then- so You didn't know is... it at the time, but no. that's what you but were But the mother- but does that mean that the mother, that they hadn't yet, because remember, the mother ordered that that whole thing to be shut up, period. Shuttered, yeah. 
But I mean, Completely. she didn't know about the secret passage. No. No, she didn't know about the secret passage. She just wanted to be done. Like she didn't want to renovate it. She didn't want to go through anything. She just wanted to. And I mean, this is close. Who her character up. is. She yeah. just wanted to pretend it didn't exist. Yeah. So she built a wall in front of it. But again, the this show is great with working with metaphors. The like building a wall in front of a literal room accomplished no more than the mental wall that Malcolm has built. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. It's just a meta it's just a literal wall instead of a metaphorical wall. Neither was effective at what it was supposed to do. Because yeah. he still remained an influence in their lives, no matter how, sh how hard she tried to shut it away. So yeah, really again this is a show that's thinking through its metaphors. Yeah. And I love that about it because how many shows actually do that? You know, how many shows? I'm sorry, if you watch an episode of NCIS, you're not getting a show working on multiple levels. No, no, it's no, no. Oh, no. I mean, this is, is what it is. This show. Now you're putting this show up there, though, in the millennium, in the Hannibal sort well, of. No, I mean, that's what it's trying for. And yeah, it often and exactly. succeeds. Yeah. And, and it often succeeds. It doesn't succeed every time. I mean, it's had not great episodes. It's, well, it's, it's still a police procedural. Exactly. But that's what I what I enjoy about the show is the people working on it, no matter how successful it is, are thinking about the metaphorical level of all of this stuff. And I mean, you know what? It could turn out that they're just getting lucky and we're reading way too much into this. But I don't think that's the case. Okay, you know what this was written by, though? And this, this tells you the difference. Yeah. It's two sisters. And oh, really? they have worked on Fringe and Haven. Oh, nice. Both good shows. Yeah. Both, you know, so, and particularly with Haven. I mean, if they haven't been sort of steered in the, in the I wondered where I'd seen their names before, um, in, in the sort of the idea of metaphor. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's all oh. Haven was. Yeah, head of four. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Exactly. That's, that's, all that's all Haven, Haven was. Was, was yeah. one metaphor after, after another. another. Oh, yeah. They were they were not shy about that at all. That, that was the whole point of the show. Oh, uh, and then, yeah. Here, this is this is why I really wonder whether doing style guide, uh, wise guy is going to work. Because when you're a fan, yeah. you've got little problems. But, like, I'm still so taken with how like so the guy's coming after malcolm of course crushes his hand to get his oh yeah, hand yeah we'll get out. into that um so malcolm is uh yeah uh realizes malcolm he's in is his handcuffed. home he, yeah he realized i mean i mean he realized he's told that he's in his home that he's actually in a like a room just off of his home and uh and he's just got one handcuff on and the, our junkyard killer has left the hammer there. Yeah. And so it's easy enough. And then they do the thing that we've seen, you know, that Sherlock did and a bunch of other shows did where he's, uh, his head's messing up and people fictionally come to talk to him to give him hints for how to get out of it. Just FYI, even in his fantasy version of his therapist isn't very good at her job. <laughs> <laughs> Like, even the version of his therapist in his head isn't very good at the job. And it takes his uh, the fictional version of his dad to just say, well, let's do some math here. You know, handcuffs yeah. are three inches wide and your hand is five inches wide. Make that hand three inches wide and you're out of here. Yeah. And he does it and it's very disgusting. Yeah. And what he, and I mean, how he gets, because I first looked at the... <clears throat> Like, because then he goes to save his, his sister and his mother. Yep. Who and have locked themselves it, upstairs. Yeah. And to think themselves through. And I, yeah. I mean, I really do love the character of his mother. Oh, yeah. You know? And, you know, she's just not going to friggin' give up. I don't care. You I know? know? Even with everything that has gone on for the last 20 years, she's still fighting. Right? And it's... And so what happens, right? But I really loved how he opened up that box. Yes. You know, I thought for a minute, did he bring the original? No, 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 no. Of course not. It's one of the one of those hand, handy fancy ones that you keep mm -hmm. quilts and things in in your house that yep. looks really good and is really expensive. But he opens it up knowing, 
you know, that this could, after he's hit him already once, yeah. that, that this could stop him because he's got to be suffering from the same kind of PTSD because oh, yeah. that's what this guy is covering up. The junkyard mm-hmm. killer is covering up. Watkins, whatever you want to call him, is covering up. Like, I love that scene and, mani- and, and then Malcolm manages to shove him in the trunk and yeah. lock it. I know. Right. It, it was, it was so good. Uh, you know, just, just perfect. Right. As the guy starts to see all of the things that happened to him when he was a child, just. Mm-hmm. No, it's good. Cause it's Malcolm great, has already started that. Yeah. yeah it, it really is. When you look at that with the crowbar, right. Right. Across, yeah. Closing it off. He didn't kill him. No, nope. yeah, no, we'll see. Him, and we might see him again. He might end up in the same institution that uh dr bright is at some point i don't know where dr whitley dr whitley i keep doing it sorry uh like uh i it's hard come on you know it Mm -hmm. uh but yeah uh where dr whitley is at some point like we don't know what they have in store for the future and i'm excited to see what they do i will say one thing in this episode that um that i didn't really get and i don't think really like tracks and this is the only thing I'm complaining about. All right. So this okay, but I got to talk about one more thing. Oh, of course, no, so. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not like we have to spend a lot of time talking about the third episode this week. <laughs> yeah, go on. All right, but no, the one thing I'll address, the one thing I have kind of an issue with is, um, I don't know why she has it in her head, like, um, why she has it in her head that if they can find out who the girl in the box was, that somehow this is going She's to gonna, lead yeah. to Malcolm, like going to real jail instead of an asylum and it's like this is going to be the thing that gets him like he's already in an asylum for the rest of his life he's not going anywhere yeah like i don't yeah but she's she wants him what she wants except she lives in the state of new york yeah is him him dead yeah uh, she wants him dead but it's that's not going to happen it's not going to happen because he's insane he's clinically insane clearly yeah, and the right. fact that, like, he killed this other woman and didn't yeah. tell them is not going to make him, them say, oh, well, you know. They're... This is the nail. Number 24 yeah. is the nail in the coffin? Yeah, this I don't is the think nail so. in the coffin. They're not going to retry him and this time find him sane and this time send him to real jail forever or if they had the death penalty to the death penalty. For, like, that's just not going to, that's not realistic to think that that would happen. And I honestly don't know why she thinks it would. Yes, and and... And Gil should be more assertive in telling her that. Yeah. Like, this you know? isn't going to solve, this isn't going to accomplish anything. Like, it's, I mean, the only thing it has the potential to accomplish is, you know, settling things for Malcolm, right? Giving Malcolm yeah. some kind of closure about his relationship with his father. It could yeah. do that. But now, that's although, although I think Please? that the biggest reveal in this episode yeah. was that they were planning on killing. Yes. Malcolm. Yeah, exactly. And that is the, the biggest father, reveal. Yeah. We the still don't reveal. we still don't know who the girl was. We still don't know what happened to her. I no. mean, all we have is a serial killer's word that, you know, Dr. uh Whitley. Dr. Whitley took care of her himself. Yes. Right? And we don't get any details. We don't find out who she was, what happened there, but we find out that they were planning to kill Malcolm. Yeah, and Watkins, and, yeah, and yeah. Watkins was going to have to kill him. Because Malcolm and this couldn't. is the interesting thing. Uh, now you did it. Uh, Doctor Whitley yeah, Dr. couldn't Whitley. kill his own son, and that's an interesting point. Uh, because we are told, uh, we are told by Watkins that he was uh, that the chloroform wasn't starting to work. Uh, keep wasn't, wasn't working, working anymore because he's been taking it too much. And I guess it's one of those situations where, in order to become. keep it working, you'd have to you become in, in, inured to it. And yeah. if he were ever, if he were going to keep upping the doses, he might just wind up killing his son anyway. So yeah. he's just going to ki- take his son out to the woods, contrive an accident, yeah. we assume, uh, yeah. of some kind, and then be rid of him. And the question is, like, it, was he going to make it look like he was lost in the woods or something? But anyway, uh, Malcolm wasn't having any of that. <laughs> yes, Malcolm wasn't having any of that. And he... You know, and so then Watkins underestimating the child. Yep. What I still don't understand is because Mar- Malcolm, I guess Malcolm would have run away to his dad and yeah. said, this man tried to kill me. 
that could have been what happened. Like I believe, you know, because I was trying to think, okay, how did Malcolm get away? But of course, Malcolm isn't aware that his father was part of, yeah, was setting him up to be was setting him to be murdered. No, he would have no conception that that's what was going on in that scene. So he stabbed him brutally and then ran to his dad and said he tried to kill me. And then his dad was like, oh, okay, and and then told him he stabbed him. And then uh, maybe (laughs) Doctor Whitley checked on him and saw him like bleeding horrifically. in the base in the 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 bo- the basement of the cabin just be like oh well okay and just left yeah. because we find out that he sewed himself back up yeah with fishing line from a to- from a from a yeah. chest that was which is place. why he is really pissed off at dr oh, Whitley. yeah he is he is understandably <laughs> pissed off you got this expert surgeon right there and he doesn't bother to save his partner's life yeah. because to dr whitley and this is i mean i'm not i I am loath to make two predictions because every prediction I've made has turned out to be a little, mm. I mean, we still don't know about Eve, but well, you know, every prediction I've made has turned out to not be right. So I'm loath to make them, but I will say that uh, I, th- I think there's a good chance that it's going to come back that him stabbing the, the junkyard killer is going to factor closely into what what dr whitley had planned for his son like that he finally saw okay well here the potential i wanted to in like encourage in my son i'm finally seeing it our relationship is going to completely change is what i predict we're going to find out was the aftermath of that scene again my predictions have frequently turned out to be wrong but yeah but it's after that like yeah and then well no but that would make sense and the reason yeah. you're making it is because then dr whitley would try to sort of um yeah as you say he saw the potential there so he's going uh okay so then he starts to try to bring him in and the kid is smart enough to figure out no i can't and that's why he called the police and and he knows that that his father left watkins like even as a child would have known that his father just left watkins there to die Mm -hmm. so um there there are some things yeah we're going to find out i mean it'll all fill in at some point oh absolutely but i i would suggest that like him stabbing watkins and i think this is what the show is saying was like the major move forward in his relationship with his father yes and and malcolm wanted ultimately no part of it and called the cops exactly that is that is what i think we are going to find out again we all see how my predictions go, but this is my prediction for what they're going to reveal about their relationship. Somewhere. Some, somewhere, somewhere down the line. I don't know when. Yeah. But and somewhere then, down the line, I think that's yeah. what we're going to find out. Yeah, this episode was so good. And then we get to... Yeah, episode... Uh... Oh, uh, <laughs> then we get to episode three, which is called what? Internal Affairs. Oh, right, Internal Affairs. Yeah. Now, I now the one thing I will say about it, Please. I thought it was a nice reveal that it had all been a setup. Well, I mean, and this is the problem you know. when you're like me. Uh, if you know it's all a setup right from the start, it's a very boring episode. Well, it was boring. Yeah. I, I have to admit, except that I thought, geez, this is a better psychiatrist than the one he's got. I know. And that's why I was so sad that it, it was. So yeah, that it was me, a setup. That he was the that he was the deprogrammer they were looking for. Because I'm like, this guy's actually got a good head on his shoulders. Yes. I mean, he and he actually got Malcolm to reveal yeah. what what Malcolm didn't tell anybody else, as far as we know. Uh, yeah, as far as... Well, I mean, that's how the show posits it. I mean, we don't know yeah. for sure that he didn't tell anybody else, but given how private uh, he tends to be, I don't think yeah. it's a shock to say that he, uh, didn't he did tell not anybody actually tell anybody. About that part of it. And, and then the... And then once he said it the first time, he can say it again. Exactly. But it's it's always that what you keep in your head. Once it gets out of your friggin' head, yeah, you can you deal can with start it. Start dealing with it. Which yeah. is talking. I mean, it's that's the key of therapy. You have to be able to say it to start working on it. Yeah, you have to. What what's really bothering you? And usually, it's something that makes you. And in this case, of course, it would make Malcolm so upset. He starts to see himself dead. I know. Oof. I mean, that part of it was really good. Like yeah. it's like that, you know, he saw he saw a picture of him, you know, he saw himself mm-hmm. basically dead. Yeah. You know, and has to accept 
that, that his it father, was, yeah, was willing to kill him. Yeah, and that's the that is by far the most interesting thing that happens in this episode mm-hmm. is his, you know, trying to come to grips with what his father did. That like uh, at its core, his father isn't capable, like, because he has this imaginary idea, but this he had this idea in his head somewhere that yeah, his his father loves him. Yes, he really clearly his... does. And yeah. while it's true that his father, right, was trying to turn him into a serial killer and is a narcissistic psychopath, yeah. Uh, at the same time, like he imagined that there was some feeling in him for like for his son. Well, but... I don't think he's accepted the fact that Doctor Whitley was trying to turn him into a serial killer. Well, not yet. Like You're I think right. unconsciously he knows that. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the thing is, but what he he has to get his head around, and you can tell me if I'm reading into this, is that the only thing about him uh, that his father cared about was when his father, like, when he reminded his father of himself. Like, only when Dr. Whitley sees himself reflected in Malcolm does he care about Malcolm. Yeah. And that is why when he was will and I mean this is my theory again, but that is why when he saw him brutally stab somebody, he's like, Okay, I see myself in him. I will rescue him and get him out of here and change my plans. Yeah. Like when he saw that had he had the potential, and that's why we're just the same happened. It's like that's you're just like me. That's yeah, and that's that what they're all and that's even Watkins bought that line. Yeah. You know, that because, no, Malcolm did that in self-defense. Yep. Because this guy was going to kill him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, so no, no, no. That was a perfectly logical thing that Malcolm a, did. Oh, yeah. But Stabbing him being, was the best thing in that situation. But in the situation they're in, it's it's fine to interpret that as this kid's dark. Yeah, oh, no, the father would have done that too. Right. Like that's just, you know, the father, this is how we can. So he's capable of doing this. Well, you know, people are capable of doing things for self-preservation. That doesn't mean you can't extrapolate from that too damn much. No, No, Um, it doesn't tell you a lot about their character that they will stab a guy to save their own life. But because these guys are narcissists, they imagine that it does. Yeah. And And it's another really well-observed thing about the show. Yeah. And so Malcolm, you know, so Malcolm ultimately has had probably really good nannies and and his home life has been really good because, of course, his father has been pretending and his father has been involved with him and showing him things. Right. Now, we all know that they are creepy and horrible. Yeah. But but... it's, it's an involvement. Right. Like you involve your kids in the things that you're doing rather Mm -hmm. than he didn't have an absent father. He didn't have an absent mother. You know, um, even if they did have, of course, the nannies and stuff, because they they would have had to have had. Of course. They didn't hire babysitters. Yeah, Yeah. they weren't hiring babysitters all the time. One hundred percent. He had a nanny. Yeah. And they would have had, a you know, and there would have been a there's probably a cook. There would have been a cook and all sorts of things because they had society people living in New York. They were one hundred percent not doing the housekeeping and and child rearing themselves that's no. just not how these people operate yeah otherwise otherwise given the father he had it, it could have been and this is going to go to this is going to the argument of the show that malcolm survives all of these horrible things because yeah because serial killers had... are made mm-hmm. not yeah. born right that's and true. so yeah i mean it and like i'm i'm loving this show and while the story here is is you know i mean it was like you know again it's only because we came off of two really 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 like whole reviews revelation edge of your seat the whole 120 minutes yeah like it was two 40 minute episodes and you're on the edge of your seat the whole the time whole going, time. oh, geez. I mean, I didn't even go back and look at the election. No, I know, right? Whereas yeah. this one, like this episode, uh, we're recording this right after the Democrats won Georgia in the runoffs. So it was a very yeah. well, tense they- day while we were watching these episodes. Uh, but the thing about this episode is it's like, like, what is there to it? Scientology's yeah. bad. Yeah, I know Scientology's bad. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, you know. 
I mean, we've seen the mentalist. Like, we've, we've seen, seen the Malcolm. We've seen know, Malcolm, like Malcolm um, McDowell as McDowell, the uh, yeah, as the as head the, of Scientology. Yeah, or you know, whatever like, he called. We are yeah, very familiar. Yes. It was called visualize there. That's it. Visualize. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, because it's all power of positive thinking stuff, which is what, to be fair, which is what uh, Scientology is as well. You know, it's all the yeah. power of positive thinking jive. Uh, but yeah, like the the visualized stuff was always incredible. Like Malcolm McDowell was so good on that show. Yeah. You know, uh, so, so yeah, I like, mean, whereas here it's just, well, they have to have a case. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's the case that. And they set it up like I, I, I think sort it's of perfect. The no, it's I just I, I mean, say, there's nothing all, wrong with it, it except clear. it came after it yeah. came after these two explosive episodes that yeah. you couldn't walk away from. And then all of a sudden you're going and maybe oh, that okay. was the rationale for putting that here. Yeah. Okay. Just people need a breather. People need a breather. Right. And so and the girl is even re- there's only one death. Yeah. And the girl is rescued from captivity. There's no, yeah, there's no middle death, right? They no. they figure out where she is. It's weird to go back to a cabin in the woods two weeks in a row. Uh, you know, but people oh, have cabins. That, it's, oh, no, I know. A lot of people have cabins. But it's just weird that, like, the cabin in the woods was such a big part of the previous week's episode. And then it ha- went, because we didn't even talk about it, but they do that scene, um, the, the shot from, uh, you know, uh, Sounds of the Lambs. They do the Sons of the Lambs shot where they're rushing to raid a place and they intercut yeah. with Malcolm. And they don't and, find any. And it turns out, oh no, she bottom. was actually somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've all. Uh, For we've heaven's all sakes, we've even done that in uh, in the one with. Um... Which one? Oh, you know, our favorite actor who starts. Um... Take a minute. Think what It hasn't been on for. It hasn't. It's we've only had a few episodes this year. Um, you know the guy that was on Boston Legal and married William Shatner. Oh, of course. You mean the Blacklist? Blacklist. Thank you. Yeah. I keep going to Resurrection, which was the, the spinoff. Yeah. The spinoff that went nowhere. Yeah, I I, I, I always you. thought it was weird to do a spinoff of the Blacklist. Yeah. Like it's, well, the it's a Black... fine show, but that world isn't that interesting. No, else. no. Anyway, even the Blacklist did one of those. Oh yeah, it's a very popular trope to explore. Yeah. Like absolutely. Yeah. So um no no, no, this... no complaints. But um it's just weird to see two cabins in two weeks. Yeah, and it was I mean the way they ended the way they ended this, like I didn't even think of that, right? I'm just yeah. um No, and here's the thing. Okay, here's what I'll say. Um it's not that it's a terrible episode, as you say, it's just that it comes after two incredible episodes. But I will say that the show in doing just as good a job as ever with the writing of these characters really enlivens what could be a completely perfunctory episode. Yeah, it's the characters, right? And the writing there in the scenes where he's talking with the therapist. The therapist. Yeah, that was that was a really good, th- those were really good scenes and you could actually well get written. yourself yeah. um, wrapped up in that and going, yeah, you know, I mean, this guy, you know, as Malcolm says, well, no, it was that his daughter died in a cult, not not in an accident. Like, yeah, he knows that the but this guy, right, is actually a much mm-hmm. better therapist. Yeah, I know. What he the... says to Malcolm is, is that you finally got to accept your responsibility in all of this, mm-hmm. and then, and and then you can start moving forward. Yeah, you know, and he's but right. denying like it's, it's good advice. Yes, and it's what Malcolm's afraid of, yeah, of is course. afraid to find. And I mean, certainly, given some of the flashbacks he's had, I would say, yeah, has he killed somebody? That's what I want to know because we That's what I don't know, know what happened to that girl. No, and Malcolm, all we have has... is a story from a serial killer that she got killed by uh, Doctor uh, by Doctor Whitley somewhere that he didn't but see. she was special exactly is what he that said. was the weird part is they yeah. talk about how special she was and i'm like why was she special i need yeah. more information damn it yeah well we're not going to get it right now i but, know but, I know. but the wait. point is is that she was special and yeah. so you know and we have seen some of these flashbacks and you mm-hmm. have to and those flashbacks did not look like him killing i mean stabbing watkins in the nope. side no, they didn't. 
no. So no. there's there's more stuff. I mean, it is what Malcolm is afraid to find out. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I mean, this see, this isn't a this is an adult psychiatrist. Yep. He's going to a child psychiatrist. Well, yeah, because and doesn't she's want useless. Well, no, and I think it's key, and they they play it for humor, and they play it, you know, for him being mm -hmm. quirky, but at the same time, I think you're right. I think he doesn't want anyone who's going to push him too hard. Yeah, he doesn't want, he doesn't, I mean, that's, he's avoiding seeing, well, in this case, he's like Spencer. Yeah. He doesn't he really does. want to know, but now he can't avoid it. Exactly. Yeah, no, and that's a, that's a perfect explanation of it, and that's why... That's why him actually having a good therapy session with the guy he's there to arrest is such a great reveal. Because it's like, yeah, yeah like he, you are actually learning things about yourself. While you're yeah. supposed to be investigating this crime and catching this guy, you were learning things about yourself. Yeah. And, and I was very happy with that. Yeah. And the, the final scene sort of does set it up. I mean, Gil has forced him. Right. Yeah. To, to just take time, take off, time and off. Finally, he's agreed. Yeah. And he's sitting there with his dead selves. Jesus. I know. You know, and he's going, we're going to be all right. Now he thinks he's going to be all right. Cause he thinks that finding out that his father was capable of killing him and yeah. wanted to kill him and, and he ordered that's somebody else. Sever his emotional bond. Yeah. With his and, father. Yeah. But that's not what it's going to do. Well, no. Don't because... you understand? You study chi children who become serial killers. The more you abuse them, the more they need your approval. Yeah. That's how abuse works. Now, but you see, you, you can see this episode as the lull before the storm. Oh, yeah. No, their relationship is going to get interesting. Because like, you we know, put up a, a couple of episodes without Dr. Whitley because he was in solitary after Q&A. Yeah. But now he's back and yeah. they have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, because he would never. And that's the thing. It's like you, your, your dad was a monster. You knew he was a monster, but you still went to see him all the time. Like this. Why do you yeah. think that, you know, unbelievably intense connection came from yeah. on some level you know that he was willing to kill you and the first real excuse you got to go and see him you took it in a moment yep right and that's the key oh it's a good show like again i hope yeah. not, i hope it doesn't turn out that this is all accidental and we're reading too much into this because it is a good show well so far yeah so well that's far. what we do with shows so yeah. You know, and and believe me, if it doesn't meet our expectations by the time we get to the end of, we will kill it. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> no, know, if it has a bad end think. of the season, we're not going to keep watching it. This isn't this isn't Criminal Minds. We don't have anything to prove. We're not trying to analyze and break down the whole show. No. We're just trying to engage with it and see how good a job it does. And if it stops doing a very good job and being worth talking about it, we're going to stop talking about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm loving the show, but it's not wise guy. It's not important for the history of television. You know? No, 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 it's a really no. Good show. It's just a really, really good show. And yeah. in terms of serial killer shows, it's going, it's, it's yeah. going to be up there. It's going it, to be high tier. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, um, well put together and mm -hmm. all shows, there isn't a show, even your, your vaunted mentalist had bad episodes. Absolutely. Every show does. Every yeah. show does, you know, yeah. and because sometimes for whatever reason, somebody comes up with an idea and it sounds good at the time, but it doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. Now this one's works. It's just yeah. mundane. That's just the mundane. word I'd put it. It's mundane. It's, yeah. um, uh, you know, um, it's there, but you know, is there anything really special about it? There's nothing special about it. And it's only because we came off these two, we yeah, wouldn't these two giant headline. Oh my oh, God. Jeez. Well, and the thing is, I mean, again, I'm not going to keep talking about Hannibal. Don't worry. Right. But, and I'm not saying this should follow the same arc, but I will say, and this is why I think Hannibal burned out. Uh, well, it, I mean, it, honestly, they could have done a season four. I'd have been there. But the reason um, it burned out NBC anyway was it is like they stopped doing cases of the week and they just told the story they had to tell. And this show is stronger 
generally when they're not worrying about cases of the week and they do just have a story to tell, right? Well, yes, but I think having a case of the week, like that even acts, I mean, I think that- When they find a way to tie it in, when they find a way to tie it in, they do a great job. It's just, they don't always find a way to tie it in. Well, yeah, but that's, but out of all 12, 12 episodes, we're complaining about three. That's true. You're right. You're right. You know, again, and, and um, the other two in some ways, like I can see where this one fits. Yeah, totally. As as an interlude, you don't get much about anything else. Um, But again, I mean, if, if this show, like just the fact that this episode features him finally getting some decent therapy it makes it worthwhile yeah and the humor is that he finally gets some decent therapy from a murder suspect <laughs> it's a nice reveal no it's it's a like i said it's not a terrible episode by well any actually means. It's, just, he'll, it's he, just a letdown yeah. it'll only be it'll it'll be second degree isn't it weird that that is exactly what happened last week that we had these two fantastic episodes and yeah. then we had that third episode that's the worst episode they've done yeah, well. Hey, you know what? If we had two great episodes and one terrible episode every week, I could live with it. But we're not even dealing with that. We're getting two great episodes and then just an okay episode. Yeah. You that's know, we're even not, better. Yeah, that's We're not better. getting terrible episodes of television. No, not, none of them. Not even the one with Eve because it has moments yeah. that save it. Reveal like, character. Yeah, that reveal character. And the pool hall, the, the whole scene yeah. in the pool hall, right? Yeah. Is just wonderful. Oh, absolutely. Right? And it's just know, the mystery that week that didn't work. Yeah. You know, it didn't push any of that really along. The, and no. the mystery, of course, was, was, was well, <laughs> just useless. I mean, that was the worst. But then we have to excuse that this girl doesn't know what she's doing. She's the junior person in the room. And um, there you probably. Go. Exactly. It's their first episode. We're not going to yeah. make a big deal out of it. No. Uh, but I will say that, like, I was very happy to see them after that episode be right back on track with the first two this week. And I can't wait to see what's next. And I don't have to because we're watching it tonight. Yeah. We're going to watch it tonight, even though we won't do it tomorrow. Do it till Friday. I know. We'll do it till Friday. As you can tell, we're barreling through this and I have to set up online classes. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. That is her commitment to this show. Yeah, and I'm she's still... neglecting her responsibilities <laughs> in order to keep watching this show. I know. Yeah, it's just well, funnier I did... to say it that way. Well, no, but it is, you know, because I'm going to have to kind of fit it in because I'm starting to teach again, but I'm doing smaller, like I'm doing shorter classes because. Okay, that's good. Well, no, only because it's just too much. Too, too. It. It's hard enough to pull in two hours and 15 minutes with students who's for whom English is a second language. There's no question about that. And that is often very difficult. And in fact, there's a couple of students I drive home now that I have the car and, you know, I drive them home and they will often just revert to their own language, new air, right? They speak new air. They're, they're, they're related They're, you know, and I understand. um, like cousins, but they're, I think, uncle and, well. It is natural for them to, when they're just essentially alone, to immediately go back to their own language. Well, even if, and then then they'll ask me something, right? (laughs) Or whatever in the car. But you can just see, because it's the tiredness of learning and and dealing in another language. It's exhausting, and it's easier to just go back to the language you know. I think anyone who's learned a second language has experienced that completely. And that's, that's when you have this, this activity between a bunch of students like the night classes are starting to really work well and right. because i'm getting a bunch of students all the time in it and they're interacting with one another in english and that's that's really great but that means they're exhausted and it's worse online that i of found course. out in the summer it is it you just wear students out online right. if you as fascinating to push this is yes let's we're go. not here to talk about that no uh, <laughs> We're here to talk about our beloved prodigal son. Okay. The next uh, one, the next one, the next one should be hopefully is good because one of the showrunners wrote it. Nice. Uh, But we're very excited. If you're watching along with us, your homework for next week is is episodes 13 through 15 of season one. 
Wait and Hope, Eye of yeah. the Needle, and Death's Door. There you go. Uh, I have not seen these yet. I did not rush ahead or anything, although I wanted to. I always yeah. do. Um, but, so I'm excited to find out. Hopefully you are too. We'll see you back here next Tuesday for that. This Thursday, we're going to continue our trip through season 14, which of course is only five episodes of our show long because there were just 15 episodes of the show that year. It's very disappointing. I just realized now that uh, we're going to be talking about... <laughs> it only just now occurred to me that like we're going to be talking about Prodigal Son longer than we're going to be talking about season 14, even with the preview episode uh, on a couple of Thursdays ago. Yeah, That didn't occur to me. All right, but anyway, the important part is join us back here for that. It should be a blast. If you have any questions, suggestions for profiling related fiction you'd like us to check out drop us a line at profiling criminal minds at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you and if you're listening to this show on some sort of a podcatcher or app be sure to rate and review it because that is how people find the show uh as always i want to thank you for listening and say until next time au revoir and have a good week profiling criminal minds is a member of the kinks podcasting network